Hi, I'm Jordan. And I'm Chris. We love film reboots. Uh, maybe some of them. I find your lack of faith disturbing. We love reboots so much, we decided to make a podcast about them. You can do it! Every week, we'll dive into a different film and its reboot. It's alive, it's alive! It's alive! We'll talk about the pros and the cons. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. And at the end, we'll decide if the reboot holds up. You have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. This is the Reboot Rewind. And welcome to another episode of the Reboot Rewind. I'm Chris. And I'm Jordan. Jordan, another week. How you feeling, buddy? I feel good. This might be my most anticipated episode of the Reboot Rewind. I'm so excited to talk about these two movies. We're going to discuss the pros and the cons, but obviously these movies aren't perfect, but I'm really, really excited. How was your week, Chris? Pretty good, pretty good. I It's been pretty pretty good, like lax at work. Fall is here. Summer is pretty much kind of winding down at this point, so I'm excited for fall activities. But to your point, this is also an episode that I've been looking forward to. Uh, for a while so today we are discussing star wars now we know what you're saying when you're listening to this star wars doesn't have any reboots you're correct they does not have any reboots however the original star wars which is now episode four new hope that came out in 1977 there's a big gap in time between this film and the second film we're reviewing which is star wars episode 7 force awakens that came out in 2015 so because there is so much time between these two films and there there are a lot of similarities we thought it would actually be a lot of fun to do uh to pretty much do a compare and contrast of both um so as usual i'll go into some movie facts and then we'll throw it up to jordan for the story Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope came out in 1977. It was directed by George Lucas, produced by Gary Kurtz. It was written by George Lucas, distributed by 20th Century Fox, and it's available on Disney+. It stars Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia Organa, and Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, Jordan, over to you for the story. The Rebel Alliance have stolen plans to the massive space station also known as the Death Star. One of the Rebel Alliance's leaders, Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan, hides the plans inside of a droid named R2-D2. R2 and his fellow companion, C-3PO, make into an escape pod landing on the desert planet Tatooine. These protocol droids are captured by the Jawas, who sell R2 and 3PO by two farmers named Owen, Beru, and their nephew, Luke Skywalker. While cleaning R2-D2, Luke discovers a holographic recording of Princess Leia stating that she seeks help from the Jedi Master, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, so I'll start off by saying, you know, so we typically, I, we typically obviously have notes for the show and, you know, we have this, like, I go by a list on just like to these movie facts. And this is the first time that I can think of where I didn't have to look up specific information, which tells you how, mu- how many times I've seen this movie. But Jordan, I will start off with you. This is probably a dumb question, but have you seen episode four before? And what did you think? This is my first time watching the original Star Wars movie. No, I'm just kidding. No, of course not. Come on, dude. Come on. This is Star Wars. Now, I know in later years, once George Lucas decided to re-release these films back in 1997, he decided to decide to call this movie Episode 4, A New Hope. I hate that it's called that. To me, this movie is called Star Wars, exactly the way it was released back in May 1977. What hasn't been said about Star Wars that we can add to this conversation? This movie is one of the most important films in cinematic history. I think it might be the most important movie, film in cinematic history. I love this film. This movie is amazing. Now, granted, the acting isn't the greatest. Let's call it what it is. Even though we adore this movie, it's a great film. I mean, I, I don't know if you love it as much as I do, but this original movie is perfect for what it is you know the sword and the stone the type of elements with this movie like the lord of the rings like to me i look at gandalf as obi-wan kenobi and i look as frodo as luke skywalker this movie is great i love it i love all the characters i love luke i love han i love leia i love chewy i love r2d2 c3po the great 
amazing voice acting by the amazing James Earl Jones, which he recently just retired from the role, is perfect. Um, I love all the planets of, you know, uh, Tatooine and and uh, there, there's so much to to impact here because this movie is so influential. If you if you're a film connoisseur, if you're a a a, a film evangelist, I I I couldn't recommend this movie anymore. This is one of the most. This is the one of the greatest movies ever made. I, I love this movie. It's not perfect, obviously. Like I'm I'm obviously so joyous about this movie because I've watched this movie ever since I was a child, but. It's not perfect because some of the acting isn't great, but it doesn't matter because the story is wonderful. And you know, it, it's it, George Lucas had so much influence on biblical culture, samurai culture, and he took so many ideas like the Flash Gordon opening crawl that, that that's that's that all that came from Flash Gordon. I mean, there's so much fun facts about this movie. I, I, I love this film. I'm, I'm so, I, I'm so excited just to talk about it, but uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Star Wars 1977? What is your, what are your thoughts on, on this movie? I'll start by saying that I agree with you. I would say I, I call that this is Star Wars to me. This is not episode one. This is not a new hope. It is what it is. I don't really have a beef with, you know, the name, they get the, you know, a new hope or adding an episode to it, but I like just calling this Star Wars because when it first came out, it was just called Star Wars. It wasn't episode four. It wasn't a new hope. It was just Star Wars. And it wasn't until later where George Lucas started to add the additional, you know, names to the title. That being said, I I love Star Wars. Like this rivals my love for Harry Potter. Honestly, I own these movies. I've seen a new hope over 20 times at this point. Like whenever I'm sick, you know, during the holiday, these are my comfort movies. Right. I do, you know, what I call trilling it up. So every year I'll watch the original trilogy back to back, like in one sitting. I'll just spend the day doing that. Um, I love these movies. I love the original Star Wars. Uh, Mark Hamill's amazing. The You know, he's obviously still in the industry today. He's still doing different uh, projects. Darth Vader in my opinion, is the ultimate movie villain. You have this feeling whenever you see him on screen where it's it is it's scary, but in a good way. Like you do feel that that, you know, tension that he has. And when this movie first came out, you know, nobody had any sort of backstory for Vader. And it wasn't until, you know, episodes one through three came out years later, which to be fair, I, I love. And I'll say that because this was the Star Wars that I grew up with. And we can have a whole conversation around the the prequels, but in terms of you know the original Star Wars, amazing movie. The entire cast is phenomenal. I do agree that the dialogue isn't written very well, and I think it's a it's a well known fact that George Lucas does not write dialogue very well. You see that really in the original films, and you also see it in the prequels. But yeah, overall, I I love this. I couldn't wait to watch this, and I'm super happy that we're talking about it today. Dude, the prequels. You know, it's it's funny. I mean, obviously, we're not going to talk too much about the prequels, but episode one, The Phantom Menace, is my first Star Wars movie-going experience. And I remember as a kid, I was 10 years old, being so bored. I'm like, this is nothing like the movies I saw, like the original movies. Like, I'm thinking, I didn't realize, like, this is a prequel, and the acting is so bad. But you're right. uh, It's true. George Lucas is not good at working with people like actual people he's he said he always told Dave Filoni you know Dave Filoni is like you know god for the Star Wars fan community uh he always told Dave Filoni that you know if you're going to do Star Wars don't do animation don't do what I did because there's there's a reason why George Lucas only directed at the time the original Star Wars movie and then later on he decided to let other directors give it a shot because he does not like working with people and then it really showed with the prequels because the prequels again are more guilty pleasure ish they're not great but here going you know it's true like the dialogue in this movie even though we love this movie even though this movie is great the dialogue isn't that great even when we have tremendous actors like peter cushing as grand marv tarkin and uh sir alec guinness as obi-wan kenobi even though their performances are good the dialogue isn't really great for their acting ability because they're amazing and they, and they gave it their all but the dialogue in this original movie especially isn't great no agreed and i think you know you see that throughout at least in the first the uh, you know the original star wars and again to your point you see in the prequels listen i can defend i can go into a case and defend the prequels with like 
for a good amount of time. And to be fair, like, you know, when I when I first saw them, I felt the same way where like I, I wasn't very enthused by it. And to be fair, all three films really just focus on government and like how I don't know why that's exciting. If you watch all the other supplemental stuff like the Clone Wars animated uh, series and the movie that came out, it gives a lot more life and more purpose to the prequels. That being said, I don't think a movie needs supplemental content to to stand up. Like the movie should stand up on its own. But that's a story for, for another day. Uh, let's talk about characters. Let's start with Luke. So Luke Skywalker, he's our main character. He's, you know, training to be a Jedi. Uh, what do you think about Luke? You know, he goes through the the, the hero's journey uh, through through his um through all three films, right? The if you break it down, his journey is encompassed from episodes four through six, not necessarily all in the first film. But yeah, what did you think of Luke? Uh, this may sound very very boring, but I think Luke Skywalker might might be my favorite character in all of Star Wars. And I know it's kind of lame, it's kind of boring to say that the main character of this franchise is Luke Skywalker. I love Luke because he starts off as a sort of a whiny, spoiled brat. And he's like, he just, he just, he's not really likable in the beginning. He's like, oh, we need to buy these droids, Uncle Owen. Like, oh, Uncle Owen, I want it's, to, it's just, I want to hang out with my friends. Like, he's so whiny and annoying in the beginning, but I just love how he is willing to learn the acceptance that, parenthetically, Darth Vader killed his father, right? But then that was later revealed in the next movie. But I loved how... He's willing to learn the ways of the Force, the ways to be, of becoming a Jedi. And slowly his character arc starts to build, it starts to progress, and he learns so much about the ways of the Force. And I think that's why I love Luke so much, because even though I love the other characters like Han and Leia, and we'll get to them momentarily, here Luke is just the, 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 the perfect character. You know, like I, I think when, when we think of perfect characters who learn and and progress and elevate I, I feel like Luke Skywalker is that poster child he's the character he's the character we all want to be you know we we, we, we can relate to Luke because Luke is, starts off a little bit whiny but he becomes what we want to be even though it's not really very realistic but this is a movie called Star Wars uh, you know but I, I I love the character I I, I love the, that that first moment when he grabs the lightsaber, his father's his father's lightsaber, I I think it's poetic. I I, I love the character. I think I think he's great. But what about for you? What are your thoughts on Luke Skywalker? Uh, while not my favorite character, I do really like Luke. As you know, as 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 he continues to grow and become a Jedi, it's a really fascinating and fun journey to watch. Overall, I do agree. He's super whiny in the beginning. Keep in mind, he's a kid. Like he's pretty much like a teenager or like a, a on the higher end of things at this point. So it kind of makes sense that he would start off so like wet behind the ears and eventually becomes this like adult, this adult Jedi that becomes legendary, right? We again, we we can have multiple episodes on just Star Wars and, you know, Luke's journey and how he goes from being this like farm boy to a Jedi and how, you know, after episode 6 He's a legend in the galaxy because everyone only knows Luke Skywalker as the Jedi who defeated Darth Vader and blew up the Death Star twice. So imagine you're a normal person who like doesn't really know much about the Jedi or the or the dark side, but you hear like this one person took down the Emperor, took down Darth Vader, took down two Death Stars. That is a legend right there. So I I do really like Luke. Um, overall, like my favorite character in Star Wars is Sokotano. Um, but Luke is right up there in my top five. Um, but yeah, I thought he was, uh, it's a great character. I like the chemistry that he has with like Luke and Leia too. That's a real, and, uh, sort of Obi-Wan as well, but we don't really see Alec Guinness for, you know, after this, the first film, unless he is in Jedi and like, sorry, Jedi ghost form. Or, um, but yeah, overall Luke is great. I love his story. I kind of, I like following as he matures, um, yeah, he's a great character. Yeah, I mean, who who, who doesn't love Luke Skywalker? Um, Ahsoka Tano, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the character much because I didn't watch Clone Wars. I didn't watch any of the animated stuff. And my you first, should. It's amazing. It's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, everyone keeps telling me I got to watch Clone Wars or 
anything with uh, Ahsoka or clone, any, there's so many Clone Wars stuff, so I'm not too familiar, but my first introduction to Ahsoka was in The Mandalorian, and she was cool, but I, I again, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the character, she seemed cool, she looks cool. Dude, I love Princess Leia, I think she's one of the most strongest, if we're talking about strong female roles, Princess Leia embodies that, right, she's not just a damsel in distress, she is a senator, she is a, a, a rebel, um, she resists telling the Empire where their actual rebel base is. Uh, she's a badass. I love Princess Leia. I think that she is a, per- a, a wonderful example of a strong female character that stands on her on her own, doesn't need a male character to, to boost herself in any way. And she... I, I just love how snarky she is. Like, she's just... she like All her lines, she she's wonderful. Um, Han Solo... So much fun. Han Solo is a lot of fun. And I'll, I'll be honest, when I, when I first saw the original Star Wars, I, I had no idea that this it was a trilogy. I thought that the entire story took place in one film. So you can imagine my shock when I get to the end of the film, just like, I did I miss the part where he, you know, where Vader tells Luke the twist in the second film after realizing that there are two more movies. But yeah, I, I overall Han Solo is a lot of fun. I didn't like him originally when I first saw the film. I just I thought he was kind of an asshole. Um, he's supposed to be an then, asshole. <laughs> he's supposed to be exactly. But the more I watch it, the more I'm like, he's, he's such a good character. He's like so much fun. He is sarcastic. He's he, he's he's a scoundrel, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just the way his character is. Like he is such a good character. Yeah, he's awesome. He he is a scoundrel. I mean, there, there's there's nothing there's there's. So much to be said about the character of Han Solo. One of the my main issues. Now, this is not the film's problem. This this film is still wonderful. I just hated that George Lucas decided to go back and re-release these movies in 1997 and change so much of the original trilogy. And um, one of the big, one of the most controversial scenes in all of Star Wars is who shot first, Han or Greedo. And uh, so for those who don't know of the infamous controversy of the Star Wars community, there's this epic scene where Greedo is a servant of this character named Jabba the Hutt, who we don't originally see in this original film, but Greedo intimidates Han Solo, say, you need to pay Jabba, you need to pay Jabba, you know, and Han says, listen, I'll, I'll give him the money, just, you know, Give me some time. I'll give him the money. So naturally, Han Solo shoots Greedo. And that's how the scene goes. Han kills Greedo. That was it. So I don't know. I mean, listen, we were a little bit too young once they re-released Star Wars in 97. We were like six or seven years old. We were very young. But I don't, the original reason, I'm not too sure why George Lucas decided to change so much of Star Wars. But I I remember uh, George Lucas saying that he didn't want, Han Solo to be a, you know, relentless killer or something like that. He didn't, he wanted uh, him to be more of a role model to kids, but it's, it's Han Solo. Like kids will get it. Like it's, it's fantasy. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Han Solo is just being smart. You know, it, it, to me, like I said, Han Solo is the Western type of character and he was just doing what he had to do to get his way. So he was just being a smart character. I, 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 I didn't see it as, Han Solo being a, 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 a psychopathic killer. I never I never saw the character of Han Solo in that way. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because that scene you're talking about in the cantina when they're, you know, who shot first, they 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 changed that three different times. So originally, yes, shot, uh, Han shot first. And then George Lucas was like, well, I don't want him, to your point, I don't want to come up to him to come off as this, this like emotionless killer. So they, right, so they changed it again. And this time... They had them both shoot at the same time, but like the way it ended, like it was really strange. Um, like it, like Greedo misses, and then they change it again. Where this time they show where yes, both characters shoot at the same time. However, if you watch carefully, and it's really bad editing or bad CGI, um, there's a, right when Greedo shoots, you can see Han's head like turn, di- yeah, digitally turn. And it's just like oh, that looks really bad, and you. Yeah, and you also see not so good CGI during the scene right at the beginning where 
uh, Han and Jabba the Hutt are speaking, and Han steps over Jabba the Hutt like on his tail. If you watch that scene closely, it looks as if someone took a cutout picture of, of Harrison Ford and physically moved it over Jabba the Hutt. That's how it's, it's really bad. But again, these things do not take away from the film. It's just like small things. Even the Death Star explosion at the end. Like originally, it was uh, you know how if you watch the movie now, when the Death Star explodes, there's that ring that kind of that goes outward in the original film that ring wasn't part of the original movie it was only the sparks that we see in the middle of that scene so to your point they changed a lot because technology improved so you know george lucas wanted to get as close as possible to his original vision that he wasn't able to do in the 1970s so i understand why they did it but i feel like in certain parts they overdid it i remember in, in back in 2004 i for my for a, it was a christmas gift that i got for my parents and it was the uh, re-release, the 2004 re-release of Star Wars on DVD. I think this was the first time Star Wars was released on DVD for the original trilogy. And I still own it. It's actually in my closet right is there. It, I'm is, not is giving it, that away. Is it the silver or gold box? Yeah, I have, I have yeah. the silver box. <laughs> yeah, the silver box was the widescreen and the gold box was the full screen. I'm more of a widescreen guy. I want to see the full I don't care about the, uh, the the black screens, like like the black separate. I, I'm okay with that. Like I like widescreen. So I remember I got that as a gift from my parents uh, during Christmas, and I remember seeing that scene with Jabba the Hutt because in the original movie, Jabba the Hutt was not in Star Wars in Episode Four. Jabba the Hutt was in Return of the Jedi in the third installment or Part Six, whatever you want to call it. But uh, Jabba the Hutt was not originally in this movie, and if you go to YouTube right now, you can watch that original scene, that the original deleted scene with the original job of the hut. He's some he's just some regular guy. He's an a regular heavyset dude and it's pretty cool to see old footage of Harrison Ford with the original look of Job of the Hut. That is pretty cool, but to add that in later because they originally added that in in 1997 and it looks terrible it looks horrible they, and then they re, they did it again for the re-release for 2004 it looks better but it still looks awkward because we know Jabba the Hutt doesn't look like that Jabba the Hutt is not supposed to be this CGI monster he's supposed to be this practical effect awesome practical effect and it looks great and they did it again in I think 2008 11 maybe i'm not too sure when they re-released it again but they, they they tried to fix it fix it up but to me I, I i get george lucas i understand why he decided to fix these movies but to me these movies were never broken there was nothing wrong with these movies these movies are perfect for what they are and i, I and i wish that we can watch these original movies the way they were originally made i, I wish we can get an option because I have uh, the Terminator uh, DVD when you can watch like the original cut and the extended cut. Fine. I'm okay with that. But I think – I don't know this for sure, but I believed when George Lucas decided to uh, sell Star Wars, I, I, I feel like he said, okay, I can sell you Star Wars, but this is how Star Wars – the original trilogy, that final edit – that's the original trilogy, and I, I feel like he had a say in it because that's his baby. So maybe that's why we can't watch the original Star Wars trilogy the way they were originally made. I think you're right. I, I remember reading something where George Lucas just refuses to to release the original versions because that's those aren't the way he wanted them to end up. He based, he was working... The, so the, the process for making this movie was kind of strenuous. Um, they were over budget. They were... They took longer to film than they needed to. There were a bunch of issues when they were make, making this film. So I understand why George Lucas wanted to go back and like fix a bunch of things. But to your point, I don't really see much to be fixed. I would love to see in a, you know the originals as they were made as like an option on Disney Plus or even like I'll rent them. I don't care. But like it'd be kind of cool to watch those over again. But when I understand George Lucas just refuses to release those versions because he considers them to be not as complete as what we have today now let's go and let's get into my the the, the, sh the shenanigans section of our show so i only have one thing to, to bring up this week so it's the scene in the trash compactor where okay so set it up so luke 
Leia, Han, and Han are in this trash compactor that's about to crush them. And Luke is frantically calling C-3PO on this, like, communication device that they have. And, of course, C-3PO doesn't pick up the phone, you know, until, like, five minutes in. Though I will say, if you if you slowly watch the scenes where they're in the trash compactor as it's closing, based on how much time had elapsed between the start of that and when C-3PO and R2-D2 finally stop it from happening... In reality, they would have been crushed. There, there, there wasn't enough time between the machine starting and the machine stopping. There wasn't enough, enough time for them not to be crushed. So that, again, this doesn't take away from the film. It's not a negative for me. I just thought it was interesting or kind of funny where it's movies do that a lot. They will make a certain scene feel longer than in reality ever would be. Like if you were stuck in that trash compactor, you would have died halfway through waiting for C-3PO to pick up the phone, right? So that was really my only nitpick about this movie. Again, I, I love Star Wars overall, and this doesn't take away from the film. It's actually pretty funny how, how it goes down, but something I've noticed. That's so funny. I, 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 I understand the criticisms, but it just goes to show that's the only nitpick you have for this movie. And that's not even like a crazy, you know... It's it, to me it's it's just, it's a minor nitpick, but okay. The last thing I want to bring up here is the the final scene with the Death Star exploding. I I love that entire sequence from like Luke and all the other uh, X wings are kind of flying to the Death Star, and Luke is going through that chasm that leads to the hole where he has to shoot the missiles. I think that the whole thing is amazing. I remember when I was first watching that, I was legitimately concerned that Luke would not succeed, even though like I knew he would, but the movie plays it so well where like i was legitimately concerned that darth vader was going to blow up the the x-wing before han solo comes out of nowhere with with the millennium falcon such a fun scene great scene but before that we forgot to mention the epic (laughs) lightsaber battle between darth vader and obi-wan well keep in mind and i i agree with you i think like the actual like fighting portion is pretty lackluster and also i think you you may have seen this already also i I can send it to you but there's a really amazing youtube video out there where someone actually recreated that scene from modern times where they actually have like them flipping and doing all the stuff that you see happening in like episode three it's really good so darth vader is is limited by what he can do like physically you know as we learn more about him in the other movies you learn that he has both his legs are are cybernetic legs his arms are are cybernetic like he's literally being kept alive by the by the suit so he can only lift his arms so high which is why his like lightsaber stance is like so low because he can't really lift his arms above like here and then how do you explain wait how do you how do you explain rogue one then well that's and that's my point like they eventually (laughs) fixed that because they had to they realized okay in the comics and like even in other content where you see vader he's a fully functioning sith lord right it is an. It's only in Episode Four. I'm sorry, Star Wars. That we see the how how limited he is because you know it was so early on, and then Alec Guinness is an old man or was an old man. So like I I understand why there wasn't very much action there because you know one guy is super old, the other guy, the actor was limited by the suit that he had at the time. If you look at the the progression of Vader's suit from, from Episode Three to Rogue One to Episode Four. There is a change in every movie he has. He gets a different suit because it gets better. Aside from episode four, because that was the original suit, it's not as nice looking or flashy looking as the other versions of his suit. But I've always found that to be interesting. Now, did you have a favorite scene? Man, I I think my favorite scene might have been the scene when Obi-Wan Kenobi is telling Luke about how Darth Vader murdered Luke's father. And I don't know if this was originally in George Lucas's layout about the whole Star Wars universe that Luke Skywalker is related to Darth Vader and and so forth. I'm not too sure, but I just love that dialogue when Obi Wan is telling the telling Luke the story of the fall of the Empire and Luke's father was murdered by Darth Vader and he uh, Darth betrayed and murdered his father. And he wasn't lying to him, but I think that's such a powerful scene. It's it's great dialogue by Sir Alec Guinness. It's a phenomenal 
it's a phenomenal scene. Uh, but what about for you, Chris? What is your favorite scene in Star Wars? It's absolutely the end. Like the whole the Death Star scene, just like how much action's packed in there. The entire movie builds up to that one scene, and it's done so well. You have all these, you know, Rangers on in X Wings, the Rebels, honestly, kind of doing their thing. And it's it's a lot of fun to watch, just seeing the communication between all of them, seeing like all the different like smaller storylines that are happening around the same time and then seeing that death star explode seeing darth vader's his ship like spin out of control and kind of get lost i thought overall like that whole scene was pretty epic and a lot of fun now up next we're going to be talking about star wars episode 7 the force awakens but we're going to take a quick break here from a quick word from our sponsors and we will be right back here on the reboot rewind And welcome back to the Reboot Rewind. We spent the first half of the show talking about Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. But now we're going to move on to Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. So I'll go into some movie facts and we'll throw it over to Jordan for the story. Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, came out in 2015. It was directed by J.J. Abrams, produced by Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, and Brian Burke. It was written by Lawrence Kasdan, J.J. Abrams, and Michael Arndt. It was distributed by Walt Disney Studios, and it's available on Disney+. It stars Daisy Ridley as Rey, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, John Boyega as Finn, and Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron. Now, Jordan, over to you for the story. 30 years after the events of Return of the Jedi, a Resistance pilot named Poe Dameron receives a map to Luke Skywalker. Kylo Ren is in search of the Jedi Master, but Dameron secretly gives the map to his droid, BB-8. Dameron is captured by Ren and is taken back to their ship. Stormtrooper FN-2187, also known as Finn, is led by Kylo Ren. He begins to have second thoughts about slaughtering villagers. He has a change of heart because he realizes departing ways with the First Order is the right thing to do. He helps Poe Dameron escape by stealing a TIE fighter. Poe and Finn land in the desert planet known as Jakku. Dameron is presumed dead, but Finn encounters a savager named Rey, along with Poe Dameron's droid, BB-8. All right, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Jordan, have you seen this before? And if you have, how many times? And what did you think? Okay, so this is probably one of the most controversial movies ever in film history. Now, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, I, I, like, like, like I said before, I understand it's not a true reboot, but to me, it's sort of a reboot, not just because of the time, the time jump or, or, or the, uh, the time gap. It's not just because of that. The main characters don't focus on Luke, Han, and Leia. These are brand new characters, brand new stories. If you have never seen the original trilogy, you can get it. You can, you can follow this movie. This is his own self-contained story. Just this movie alone. Not even The Force Awakens, uh, not even The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. This movie itself is a self-contained story. It's very, very separate from the original trilogy. With that being said, I saw this movie back in 2015 in the movie theater because this was a 10 this has been what 10 years since since uh Revenge of the Sith because the Revenge of the Sith came out I think 2005. So this is a 10-year gap when Disney bought the rights to Fox, uh, rights to Star Wars or whatever. No, right rights to Star Wars, excuse me. Um this is going to be a very 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 fun talk because I love this movie, Chris. I don't care what anybody says. I have been defending The Force Awakens for years. For many, many years. I don't care what anyone says. I know, oh, this movie sucks because it's the same thing as A New Hope. I don't care. I never even thought about it. Just like when Avatar came out, everyone's criticism was, oh, this is just like Pocahontas. I don't care if it's like Pocahontas. Avatar is a good movie. To me, The Force Awakens is awesome. This is the best. I don't care what anyone says. People are going to hate me for saying this. This is the best Star Wars movie since the original trilogy. It's better than Rogue One. I I don't care what anyone says. I think Rogue One is overrated. An overrated movie. It's not as great as everyone says. It's better than 
It's it's uh, to me. I I love this movie. I don't care what anyone says. I I'm not even joking. People are like, oh no no. I don't care. Ray's a great character. She's not a uh uh uh. uh what do they call her? They call like Mary they, Sue. They call her. I don't. She's not a Mary Sue. She uh, is now. Awesome. Now she's, you why. she's not she a is. Mary Sue. She's a great character. I love Ray in this movie. The other movies, we can. That's another story. Chris, what are your thoughts on The Force Awakens? So I actually liked it, and I I will say that The Force Awakens is the best out of the, the sequels. Out of all three, it is the best out of the sequels. I have love for the for the prequels, and I can go into a whole dissertation around why they're good and why they are, were given unfair and unfair rev- reviews. Now here, keep this in mind. All three of the prequels came out before Twitter was launched. Now the only negative reviews that this movie got was from the critics. All the kids who went to go see those movies for the most part um, are now huge fans of Star Wars because of the prequels. People say Hayden Christensen is a terrible, terrible actor. I disagree. If you come, let me let me give you my reason behind it. So if you listen to the way Darth Vader speaks after he's in the mask, he has. And it's not just because it's it's a machine voice, but Hayden Christensen was trying his best to sound like the non-mass version of Darth Vader, which is why he sounds so like emo, like my master. I don't know why we're doing this. It's the reason he sounds that way because he was trying to act as if he was Vader without the mask on. That's besides the point. I I enjoyed episode seven. I thought it's it's a great, it's a fun movie. It's a great movie. Um, you know, I, I have my issues with Ray, but I do like her overall as a character. I love Finn. I agree that he was give he was he was done dirty overall throughout the entire his all three films and that's a huge issue when it comes to like directors and the mess that episode eight was a mess and it, i think and he's you know episode i think because 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 of that finn's character suffered i like poe dameron overall i think he again it's he's kind of like the han solo ish character that we get in 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 um episode seven kind of it's not like fully there but we get some aspects of it I do see how people say that they're they get kind of vibes of of a new hope because there are aspects of Force Awakens that mirror a new hope. For example, when they go to visit Maz on you know in the temple, uh, that's like the cantina scene. And every every Star Wars movie has a scene that reminds me of the cantina the cantina scene from the original film in some weird way. Now. You know, again, I have my problems with Ray, and I will go into that because I, I I have one question for you that will prove my point, which we'll get into. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's a fun movie. I you know I, I own all every Star Wars film. I love Rogue, Rogue One, but this is I thought this this was fun, and it, it at the time it set up for what could have been an amazing new set of, a new trilogy. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. But this film was the start of what could have been something really cool. It's unfortunate because. I don't mean to reiterate as much how how I don't mean to reiterate because my love you know I I love this movie I think it's great but unfortunately J.J. Uh, Abrams or uh, who, uh, Kathleen Kennedy unfortunately and listen I'm a fan of Kathleen Kennedy I I know the 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 the, 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 the popular thing in the Star Wars community is to bash Kathleen Kennedy because every time we bash on Kathleen Kennedy we forget about all the other great stuff that she did. We forget that. I'm sorry. Fan, um, what is this called? Uh, Force Awakens. Great movie. Uh, I don't like. I don't care for Rogue One. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's great. I think it's okay. She gave Rogue. She she delivered. She is the reason why Rogue One happened. Sorry, The Mandalorian happened. Everyone loves The Mandalorian. I'm sorry. She, let, 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 let's give her credit when credit's due. She's still one of the greatest movie producers ever. But she didn't have a planned. Uh, map about the the, the 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 trilogy. What the one thing I will give that George Lucas did in the original uh, prequel trilogy, there was a goal. There was a there was a complete story. Here, Ray, I'm sorry, Ray in this movie is a nobody, and I'm glad she's a nobody because the Force doesn't need to be somebody from some lineage. Everyone's like, oh, she has a British accent. Maybe she's related to Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, no. Maybe she's just a person. Maybe the Force just lives on. Maybe that's why the movie's called 
the force awakens. It doesn't have to be from lineage. It doesn't ha- she doesn't have to be the daughter of Luke. She doesn't have to be the daughter of Han or whatever. She is just a person that just the force just lived in her. That's because Ray doesn't have to be and that's why I love there was mystery. And even though I don't care for the last Jedi, just like uh uh Adam Driver said, uh Ky- Kylo Ren said, your your parents were nobody. That 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 that's that was the vision. Her parents were nobody. And I'm glad they were nobody. They didn't need. To, she didn't need to be related to Palpatine. Palpatine has so many has so many names like Puff Daddy, Palpatine, Senator, Emperor, uh, Dark Sidious, eh, whatever. Ray is a nobody, and I'm. She's supposed to be a nobody. That was the vision, and it was ruined in the Rise of Skywalker. Ruined. I don't hate the Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was again okay, but. I, one of the main criticisms I had was the change. Because you know why? A lot of us whiny fanboys got upset that Ray was a nobody and they changed that. J.J. Abrams originally said Ray is not supposed to be some is not supposed to be from some lineage. Ray is not supposed to be anything. She's supposed to be just a person that was inherited with the force. She the force just called her. That's why Rey is such an awesome character. She doesn't have to be related to Luke or Yoda or Chewbacca. I know I'm getting, I know I'm going to a different uh, temper tangent, but um, I, I think Rey's a brilliant character, man. It, she doesn't have to be related to anybody. That's that was the mystery of, of it all. Let, let's talk about Rey. Let me ask you a very simple question. Name me one struggle that she overcomes or even has to deal with in any of the movies. Where she fails. Where she fails? Uh like you mean like 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 a like a battle or, or just anything in, in general, general? Just pick anything. Like think about all three movies. Well, she, was a, pick- she was a she was abandoned by her by her parents. She was abandoned. She's living on her own. She is living in some uh X-Wing fight or whatever. I can't remember what she was living in, but she's she's living on her own. She's doesn't know who she is. She's lo- she's alone. She has she eventually meets Finn. She meets Poe. She meets Luke. She meets Han. She meets Leia. She meets Chewie. She meets she she eventually finds something that's that that, that that's worthwhile. She finds family. That's why she even though I don't care for the, the Rise of Skywalker, I thought it's okay. That's why she got that's why she found that's why she got the adoptive name of Skywalker because she felt like they were they were some sort of family to her. I, listen, I'm I'm gonna defend Ray. I'm sorry, That's, dude. I guess I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to bring this back to the hero's journey. If you were if you follow the hero's journey the way it's supposed to be, especially with her, where like she embodies a hero in in all three movies, she doesn't struggle. Like at least not there's there's no ongoing struggle. Yeah, she is alone when she we first start off, but she's she has a place to live. She's eating not very much, but she's eating. She eventually finds herself you know with these other people and who become her family and that's great but at no point in any of the in any of the movies that she's in does she go through a struggle and fails and that's what people that's why people call her mary sue because at no point like she's a character with with without flaw <laughs> if anything she gets think about it, there she she has no flaws if anything she somehow okay i'll give an example there's a scene on the millennium falcon where she's talking to Han Solo and Han's like, oh, they, and at the, at the same time, they're like, oh, we have to replace this part so we can get the hyperdrive working. Now, at no point do we see any reference or proof that Ray has any knowledge on ships because there's no background. Even as we go along through the other movies, there's no way for us to have that confidence that she knows what she's talking about. So, this there's a scene on the Millennium Falcon where they have to change a part and she just does it. Doesn't ask anyone, doesn't say, how do you do that? She just does it. And that is a common theme. If anything, she gets more powerful through the three films, but at no point does she have to go through a struggle where she fails. She always wins. She doesn't have any flaws. She just gets better and better. And that's the problem people have with, with, with her as a character. Bro, you know who's a you know who's not even Star Wars. You know who's the biggest Mary Sue in film, and no one has a problem with it. Dominic Toretto 
Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious. The you probably haven't seen the movies. The biggest Mary Sue ever. Dominic Toretto wins all the time, and everybody loves Dominic Toretto. If you're a fan of Fast and Furious, everyone loves Dom. He doesn't fail. He's perfect. He is the perfect character. Okay, fine. Maybe you have you 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 brought have, up some valid points. Another example. When Ray gets captured by Kylo Ren and she's like on that table where she's like hooked up or whatnot, up to this point, there hasn't been very much or at all like her embracing the force, right? She finds a way to do a, a Jedi mind trick on a stormtrooper, or sorry, I guess a stormtrooper or a, um, but yeah, stormtrooper. Yeah, but at no point does she have any training on how to do that. But do you see what I'm talking about? Like she does I, all these things it. where she has no basis of training or any or any foundation. All right. Does Han Solo have any in in the original movie? Does he fail anywhere? No. But he's also he's not he's not a main character. Well, sorry, he is a main character. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe I, I just I don't know. I, I I you know what it is? I guess for me the character is so awesome I, I never even thought about it i never even i never it never even crossed my mind listen i like ray she's a great character right but i also have my reservations because when i yeah when i watch a movie that concerns a, a hero and like in this kind of film i expect and i want that character to go to fail because that's how they learn how to become better and eventually defeat the villain right so if you had like i think it would have been a lot better like actually no I w- i'm wrong so there's a scene towards the end of Force Awakens when Rey is fighting Kylo Ren, and she beats him. I'm like, wait a minute. This is the first time you've ever picked up a lightsaber in your life, and somehow you've managed to wound and sort of beat Kylo Ren, who's had years of training. Like, that's, that's for me, that's where, like, the rock breaks, where there, there are these aspects of her powers that, to be fair, she, again, she has, at this point, has had no training whatsoever. Yet she's still able to channel the force and and use certain abilities that have to be learned, especially lightsaber training. That is a whole thing within itself. The fact that she's able to one like hold her own, but also wound Kylo Ren and almost beat him. Like she probably could have killed him if the the planet wasn't breaking apart. But that's 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 my criticism is that she is constantly the better character. And she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't go through failure. She has, she has no reason to get better or to learn more because everything she does works out. That's fair. I, I, I don't know. I guess it, I guess it just didn't bother me. I guess because the character is for me overall is well-written. The story was well-written. And, um, I think when you watch certain movies where since the store for me, I'm just only, I can only speak for myself. When movies are well-written, has great characters, uh, great character development, not just the main character like Ray, but for me, if, 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 I, if those are good, I guess everything else, I guess certain elements like the criticism you have with Ray, I guess I overlook it. It doesn't bother me. For me, like movies like Man of Steel, I think it's, eh, it's fine, sort of. But since the movie is kind of, yeah. The 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 character arc of Kal-El is sort of muted and there's no growth with the character. But I think I'm distracted by that because the story and the movie is fine, sort of. But since for me, I'm like I said, I can only speak for myself. Since the character is so awesome and everything else is awesome, I'm enjoying it. I, I guess I overlook those minor criticisms. I, I don't know. I can only speak for myself. I rewatched it and it didn't bother me again because I've seen The Force Awakens a hundred times and I, I think it's great. But that's just me. Yeah, and to be fair, like I think a lot of the criticism is also mainly based on the following two movies. So like I, I'm willing to give Ray a bit of a pass here. I feel like had you know JJ Abrams continued to direct all three films and it was done properly, I think that we would be we'd be having a very different conversation. Um but yeah, I mean that that's that's Ray again. She's a, she's a great character. I, I I like how powerful she is, right? I like that she has this mystery behind her. I totally agree. That the mystery behind where she came from is intriguing, even though like yeah, she comes from nothing. If you actually look at like the lore behind it, she was created. She wasn't like birthed by parents. It's similar to how Anakin Skywalker 
was birthed from the force. So same situation. Um, I just wish they gave her more, like more like stumbles and yeah, more struggle. Yeah, that's like that's that's my only point here is I I would have liked to seen her go through more of a struggle. Um, yeah. Now Finn, Finn in this movie is in this movie is great. If you only focus on this Star Wars, Finn is a great character. It isn't until episodes eight and nine that they kind of just say, well, we don't really care as much about Finn anymore. Because if you if you start if you only watch the first film, it's insinuated that Finn could be a Jedi, and that was my thought. Yeah, so I thought I thought that he was going to be a Jedi, and then as as the as the the, the prequels went on, they went oh, no, let's let's not go down that road. So I don't know whether the original plan was to go down the him being a Jedi road, and that just changed when they when they get when they changed directors and the, again the crapshoot that Episode Eight was. But it was a little, a little bit disappointing that he didn't get, you know, his his full due as as a main character. Yeah, I agree. I felt like the marketing for this movie, showing Finn with a lightsaber in the trailer, showing Finn with a lightsaber in the character posters, like to me, I was like, oh man! Uh, now we all knew in the trailer that Finn was a former stormtrooper, and that's completely fine. But I was very disappointed to find out that Finn was he was not a not going to be a Jedi and I thought he was going to end up being the love in, like the love interest for Rey and that didn't happen but instead we give him Rose in the last Jedi and she just wasn't a good character but but what they did what they did, what they did in the Star Wars community like being they were they did her grimy like i'm just talking about a lot of the races yeah it people. was unfair like i was so messed up as a character if you separate rose and finn's characters like i, I don't mind rose I, I don't she's not my favorite character but like i understand why she's in the movie and like i think that the actress who portrays her is wonderful and i i yeah I, and i like the portrayal of rose as a character just not my favorite character but you know it's it's just it was it was bad writing when we were talking, you know, yeah, episode eight is just, it's badly written. That's even, even Mark Hamill will t- tell you it is probably his least favorite of the Star Wars movies. And he's been very vocal casually about his feelings on episode eight, which we may talk about at some point. Um, but yeah, Finn is great. I actually like that he was a former stormtrooper. It's the first time, I think, in the history of the Star Wars film where we've seen a stormtrooper without their helmet on because every other film, even, you know, they, they're, they're always wearing their helmet. So it's kind of cool to see that there was this rogue uh, stormtrooper. And later on, we learn that there are more rogue stormtroopers out there. But I think that his character arc was, it's set up for something really dope. And then they just totally just killed it. In the trailer, I did not know that Finn was supposed to be a former stormtrooper because I thought they were doing something very similar that they did in the original Star Wars movie where we had Han and uh, Luke disguising as stormtroopers. And uh, I thought they were going in that route, but I thought it was pretty effective finding out that there was some life with with stormtroopers. I, I thought that was pretty cool because we always know that stormtroopers are, they can't shoot very well. You know, they have bad aim or whatever. But here, I thought it was pretty cool to see an actual person in a stormtrooper and in a stormtrooper suit, you know, revealing his uh, taking off his helmet and uh, showing personality and 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 I like that progression with the character. Listen, Finn was great in this this movie alone. I loved Finn in this movie. I thought he was very well uh, written. Uh, I just felt like it was. A, I was a little disappointed to find out again that they didn't follow up with the marketing because it they made it seem like Finn was going to be a jedi in the end and he was not i'm not gonna lie man i i I really like kylo ren a lot and it did hit me in the feels when he ends up killing han solo because again we you know a lot of people grew up on the original star wars films and han solo is such a beloved character he's great so to see him go like die the way that he did i'm like like i when i first saw that i was like i was not expecting that i was not expecting han solo to to die in the first movie um and i think that's that's it kind of goes more into how well this film, how good this film is, because when you don't expect something, something that big to happen, that's good writing. And I was straight up shocked and just like my mouth, my jaw dropped. And I was, I felt really emotional because I like Han Solo. And 
I was like, wait, they just killed them off. It was it was jarring at first, but I think it was it was done well. It really was done well because um, it's just so unfortunate because Harrison Ford, he I don't think he's ever publicly announced this or you know admitted this, but I think he hates Star Wars and I think he hates Han Solo because originally, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Han Solo was supposed to die in Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. I'm not too sure which movie, but um, it's unfortunate because he's such a beloved character. Everyone loves Han Solo. And for some reason, he just loves coming back as Indiana Jones. Like even when a lot of people hated uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, he's just willing to come back as Indiana Jones for a fifth installment. And I'm obviously going to be there with Bells on because I love Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. But with that being said, uh, it just sucks that Harrison Ford, I think the only reason why he came back, well, he came back as a force ghost or as a ghost in The Rise of Skywalker, but that was a cameo scene. But I felt like the reason why he decided to come back as a supporting role in The uh, Force Awakens was because he said, listen, I'll come back in this movie, but you got to kill me off. I, th- I, th- I think he asked um, either J.J. Abrams or Kathleen Kennedy or whatnot. I, I don't notice for a fact. I'm just taking a wild guess, but I feel like the reason why he decided to come back for a final time was because uh, they he asked, hey, just kill me off. Like I'm sick of this character. And it sucks because he everyone loves him as Han Solo. It's so annoying. I, I, I love Harrison Ford, but a part of me hates Harrison Ford. I think he wanted to give the character some finality. Um, I agree. I I don't believe that he was he's a big fan of the series overall. It's just for him it was work at the time. He was trying to become famous, and he was still like a younger actor that was up and coming. So for him it was a job, right? Not everyone who was involved in this movie are huge Star Wars fans or even liked their role. Alec Guinness, for example, hates he hated Star Wars. He told a fan once. You know, I think a fan asked him for an autograph or said how how much he loved the movies. And Alec goes, I will sign an autograph for you if you never watched the, the original Star Wars again. Like, he hated the original Star Wars. So, it's, I always find that interesting. Yeah, Kylo Ren's a great character. I won't lie. I, I prefer him. I, I, I would have preferred him to keep the mask on the entire time. Because when he, t- when he takes off the mask, like, I, I like him as a character. But it kind of took away from, like... The darkness and the mysteriousness that was behind Kylo Ren. I think had we waited the next film or even the last film to finally have him take his mask off or something, that probably would have been better. I don't know. It doesn't take away from the movie, but for me, it took away from the the, the suspense of like not knowing who was under the under the helmet. You know what? A lot of people would have said. Everybody would have been like, "Oh, they did the exact same thing like in the original movie because they didn't show the mystery of." Uh, Kylo Ren in this movie, so they they're gonna they're pretty much gonna say that they're they're doing the exact same thing that they did in the original movie. They didn't show Vader's face up until Return of the Jedi. So if they did that, that would have been another criticism. But it didn't bother me. But I loved Kylo Ren in the costume. I loved that audio. It sounded so awesome. I really can't explain how what kind of sound that was. But every time he spoke. It just sounded badass. Even that that opening scene when he stops that uh, the blaster pistol, yeah, blaster yeah. pistol. Oh my god, that was freaking awesome. That was cool, and I I found that I, that was a fun scene because it was a force power that we've never seen before. So that for me, like whenever I watch a new Star Wars show or movie that involves the Jedi, one of the things I look out for is always what are the new force abilities that we're gonna see. Because if you ever played any of the Star Wars games like Force Unleashed, uh, there are so many different Force abilities that like we don't we don't see in the movies, but we see them a lot in the comics. And I thought it was really cool he was able to stop that blaster bullet or like that laser bullet from from basically in midair. Like that was just so badass. That was so sick. You know, it's funny. I, speaking of um, the Force, what is it called? The Force Unleashed? Yeah, the Force Unleashed video game. The the character Starkiller, that was originally supposed to be Luke Skywalker's name. His name was supposed to be Luke Starkiller, but they saved that for video game. We we don't really see Leia until like halfway through the movie. And it's it's uh it was nice to see Carrie Fisher come back. And I like that Leia's in the film. And I like that she is in uh all three of them for the most part. Uh I have my issues with her in episode eight, but we're so, not just, yeah. yeah. Like that, oh. I think you're, you know, scene, scene I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, she's like floating. Yeah. 
Stupid. That was just very weird to me. But yeah, I thought she, I thought she was great in this movie. Again, it was nice to see the original cast come back in some regard. I think they had to do that because they had they had to tie the original series to the sequels somehow. And I think it makes perfect sense that these characters at the time were still alive, and they were able to bring them back and connect the stories together in that way. Part of me wishes we could have seen Anakin Skywalker come as a Force ghost somehow. Then there was a great opportunity at some point because you could you could have easily brought back Hayden Christensen to come back oh, as the Force oh. ghost. Oh please don't! They ruined that in Return of the Jedi. That oh god, I hated that they brought back Hayden Christensen as they replaced um, Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian Shaw, yeah, uh, in the uh, 1997 or 2004. No, it was a 2004 uh, re-release of Return of the Jedi. They edited out Sebastian Shaw as Anakin Skywalker as a Forest Ghost, and they added in Hayden Christensen. The one of the most distracting, one of the most jarring, stupid decisions ever. I'm so glad we never got a chance to see Hayden so Christensen in any me, of these movies. Let me explain why they do it that way, because it actually logically makes sense. So, no, it doesn't. No, it, let me explain it to you. So, okay, Anakin Skywalker before becoming Darth Vader. When he he fit he dies be, when he becomes Darth Vader, so he comes back as his younger self because that is that that is the last time period where he was still a Jedi, which is why so Alec Guinness, we he's old because he dies when he's he's a Jedi and he's older. That that is the actual story lore behind it. No, <laughs> no, this is how I look at it. Now you're probably right, you know, with with the continuity, I get it, but this is how I look at it. At the ending of Return of the Jedi, Vader becomes good again at the very, very end. And, he, and right before he dies, he becomes good. That's how I interpret it. Right before he died, he says, now, son, leave me here. Whatever he said. That's, to me, it made more sense to have Sebastian Shaw as a Force Ghost at the ending of Return of the Jedi because he became good at the very end before he died. That to me makes more sense in adding in Hayden Christensen, which is so jarring, so weird and awkward. It every time I watch now Return of the Jedi, it's so annoying and I hate it. Hate it every time. I hate that they changed the music. It's supposed to be that yum nub. It's supposed to be that song, but they added some new. Oh, oh I hate it. I I, oh. I very much prefer the 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 new song that's in there. It's it think it fits the scene so much better. And I, oh. I, to be fair, I also like the fact that they added additional footage to show other planets that you didn't see in the original version like they show Coruscant, they show uh Naboo they, they showed uh, uh um who's the guy Miss Miss what's his yeah, name it was no, that's Jar Jar Na- Na- Naboo yeah oh Jar Jar Binks is officially in Return of the Jedi oh, all right we're was getting he, sidetracked he, I didn't see that was he in the very very when you watch um re, uh the re-release of Return of the Jedi it's a very very he's like you hear him in the background you hear what's up Whatever he says, you it's you, you, whenever you get a chance, rewatch it. He's like all the way in the background, and you see Jar Jar Binks. I remember the 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 the, the, the line where he goes, "I'm a free," but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah, what's up, free? Whatever. Yeah, I didn't even like think that's Jar Jar because my assumption that he was dead. But that's actually a fun fact too. So in the original, Ugh. well, in the prequels, in the first episode one, there's a deleted scene where where Jar Jar dies. Oh really? He should have died. He was horrible. Yeah, character. it's actually a pretty funny scene. He like he's basically it's uh it's Qui Gon Jinn, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Jar Jar Binks in a boat that's going down the river, and then uh, Obi Wan and uh, Qui Gon realize that they're moving towards a waterfall, so they quickly like jump off of the boat, but they leave Jar Jar, and my man falls over the waterfall. It is wow, really. Yeah, I'll sh- I, it, it's a- I'll send you a link. It's on YouTube. Oh my god, they they should have killed him. He's one of the worst characters ever. Not a big fan. There's actually a really funny theory that he's a secret Sith Lord. That's a whole thing. I heard that. Yeah, yeah I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you have a favorite scene? My favorite scene is the ending. The ending when we finally find uh, the missing piece to the pu- to, to the puzzle to the to the map of Luke Skywalker and having Rey walk up that little mountain and she hands the lightsaber to Luke Skywalker and the look on Luke's face is like, oh shoot, <laughs> and. Dude, it's I, I loved. I think that might be 
I'm being honest, it's my favorite ending to any Star Wars movie. The way it ends, that cliffhanger, and they it was ruined in the last. <laughs> no, it was throws, to, he throws it away. It was ruined, and, he, and, Mar- and that's ruined. and that's part of why Mark Hamill doesn't like Episode Seven. But because- but with that being said, listen, I didn't mind that 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 Luke was a hermit and he decided to to run away and because he failed. I don't. I, I didn't mind that. I just didn't like that epic battle at the end with uh kylo and luke it was so underwhelming it was very underwhelming but overall i didn't mind that they had luke fail what they did with luke in this movie didn't bother me go away like i, I it, it didn't bother me but um in this movie in, in the force awakens i love what they did with even though luke i loved how luke was only in it for a moment i didn't mind that i i liked how this movie didn't rely on nostalgia for the most part Besides Leia and Luke, they really were in this movie. Han played played a supporting role ish second act of the of the film, but I, I I I loved how they didn't have to rely on the original cast in order to make a great movie. Which one did you like better? I can't ask if the reboot holds up because it's technically not a reboot. Well, it's, it's not really a reboot, sort of, but it kind of is ish. It's, it's a little bit of both. It's it's a follow up to. See, that's the thing. It's not really. I even consider it a sequel to Return of the Jedi because it's so far. It's so distant from that movie. It's like it's kind of it's it's the next it's the next installment in the franchise, but it's it's a little bit of a reboot and a little bit of a follow up ish. It's not a I wouldn't even call it a sequel. It is, but it's not. So the original movie is overall a better movie, but there are a lot of things in this movie that that they did better. I thought the acting was better overall. Uh, the special effects is obviously better. Uh, the sound is better, but. As a film, character-wise, dude, nothing beats Han, Luke, and Leia, and C-3PO, and R2-D2, and Vader. Uh, I'm clearly the original is, again, the original Star Wars films are some of my favorite movies of all time. Again, I watch, the, I watch these movies when I'm sick. I watch these movies on, like, rainy days when it's snowing out. I'll watch these movies on a holiday. Like, I'll typically watch, again, I'll watch all three on, like, Thanksgiving. So, I, I really enjoy the original uh, trilogy. Uh, the original Star Wars is still my favorite if we're comparing the two. Now, we're going to be moving away. Actually, I guess we're kind of staying in science fiction. So on the next episode, we're going to be talking about Hellboy. Now, I didn't know Hellboy was a a reboot, but I have it on I have we have it on our list here. So I guess we'll 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 see. But we're going to be talking about Hellboy. I haven't I don't think. Yeah, I've never seen the Hellboy and any of them. So this will be a new experience for me overall. But I'm pretty excited to to talk Hellboy in our next uh, episode. This is going to be interesting for both of us, Chris, because I have never seen any of them. I I, I knew um, I, I've seen bits and pieces of the original that came out in two thousand and three, I think, or two thousand four. But I've seen bits and pieces, but I never seen the original Hellboy from beginning to end. Um, I knew it was a reboot with David Harbor from Stranger Things, but um, yeah, I'm very excited to watch both of these movies. They're actually comic book movies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're comic book movies. I think it's Dark Horse, not DC or Marvel, but I think it's Dark Horse. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to watch these movies. I don't know where we can watch them because I'm not too sure who the film distributor is. But until next week, we want to wish everyone an amazing weekend. Have a great Friday. And we will see you next time here on the Reboot Rewind. Take care, you guys. May the force be with you. You've been listening to the Reboot Rewind podcast. To get in touch or suggest a reboot, send us an email at info at rebootrewindpodcast.com. That's info at rebootrewindpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.